0: yesterday all my troubles seemed so far away I can't, I just based on the words. Now
1: like, I need a place to hide uh, no, away, oh, oh I, I believe, believe in
0: yesterday. yesterday. Okay, let's, let's we torture these people so much, <laughs> let's not do that again. Hi everybody, uh, this is take two of the CC and JT amateur hour. We had uh, 10 or 11 minutes of audio recorded and then my computer just sort of went, so we're on plan B, we're on a different computer now. Uh, and we want to wish everybody um, Happy uh, Father's ha- Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the who celebrate. Happy Sunday. Happy June to- Juneteenth. Juneteenth, which is uh, tomorrow. Yes. And uh, we uh, Nevada will officially join the states that recognize Juneteenth with with a day off for uh, public employees tomorrow. Yes. And uh, we want to say, um, well, we I don't know if thank you is the right word, but we do want to say that
1: we're recognizing hol- the. Yes. The meaning behind the day.
0: Holidays like Juneteenth. Uh, well, let me back up here. Um, for uh, If you grew up in a conservative, backwater, desert state, like, I don't know, pick one out of the blue, Nevada, um, you learned a lot of white history. Yes. You learned a lot about dead old white guys. And uh, you didn't really learn much about beyond that. So we could tell you lots of stuff about George Washington Abraham Lincoln and, you know, and the, all the one-term presidents in between and, you know, all that stuff. But um, people like, important people like Harriet Tubman, uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, and on and on and on and on, uh, were not in the front of our lesson plans when we were no. in school. And it is only as we've gotten older that we've learned that Uh, There are some important things that we have not learned that we need to learn about American history, and so Juneteenth is a gateway to that. So this is just this is this is good good for us to have.
1: Yes, and I think instead of calling it a holiday, I mean it is a day off for us, but I prefer to think of it as a day of commemoration of the fact that this recognizes a specific historic event that impacted a lot of people and it's something that we need to learn more of the background of because at this point I have a very vague idea of it was Texas and you know yep. slavery had already been abolished but it hadn't quite made it that far yet and this was the official okay we're done. Yep.
0: And and we don't want to get too political in this conversation, but it it is important to note, this is history that some states are going out of their way not to teach because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Well, if people lived it, then people should learn it.
1: And that is a good point. There are a lot of, a certain faction of our population who have been talking about certain things hurting kids. But there were kids who lived through this, who lived through the... um, the very unpleasantness that people are trying to hide. And if they can live through it, then I think our modern kids can learn it. Because Absolutely. kids are not as delicate as we think they are.
0: Yeah. So we're not going to go down that road too far, no. but it's you, you can obviously tell it's a button for uh, CC and me. So we're, we're going to go ahead and swerve away from that other than to say um, we are...
1: We are we thinking are... about the meaning behind the day. Yep. And we are happy that we are able to commemorate it. And it's it's like things like Memorial Day and Veterans Day and Labor Day and things like that, where it's like, don't just have that barbecue, but take a few minutes and think about or and, learn about why this day is a holiday.
0: Yeah, and if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go out and look at TMZ.com, why don't you uh, take a second instead and go out to Google Juneteenth and learn more about it, which is something I'm probably going to be doing for myself today uh, right. because. It, it's important. This is important stuff.
1: And I'm uh, sure on the the subject of Google, we will probably be seeing a Google Doodle tomorrow yeah, so in honor know. of we'll Juneteenth. June. So those are always interesting. Those are always interesting. Okay,
0: so June, uh, we are getting some beautiful spring weather here. Yay!
1: Finally, <laughs> we're getting some Finally, sunshine and know, dry. We,
0: we are still cleaning up from the wrath of God hailstorm that we had last week, but uh, we're but we're, uh, we're working on getting all that cleaned up and. Uh, uh, what else is anything going on? Um, I guess, you know, we could talk about, uh, we can get to our works in progress here in a yes. second. Uh, is there anything you want to chat about before I chat about what I was going to chat about?
1: Just that uh, with the nice weather, we actually did get out yesterday and we walked around a little bit to see what was going on around town. We checked out the new location of a farmer's market, which I think is a great improvement. Big. But in the uh, in the, you know, in our meanderings, we got to enjoy the beautiful park where the Farmer's Market is now located. It's a Mills Park, which is a very large park with mm. a big history. And we wandered up and down Carson Street, which was closed for a big event. And yeah. so it was a gorgeous day, and I was very happy to be able to get out and enjoy the sunshine.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful spring day. Oh. We're going to be coming into the warm weather here pretty soon after all summer does start this week this is the last week of spring
1: either tuesday or wednesday yeah so this is actually
0: the last weekend of spring yes and so we'll be getting into that here pretty soon um i wanted to talk briefly um about a part-time job that i picked up uh this last week and uh uh, my my body was not prepared for it
1: Are we ever prepared for anything?
0: Prepared for anything, but uh, I became a door dasher. That's what they call it, a dasha. And I became a door dasher, and so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, me and my car, Herbie, and I were all over Carson City, going to um, going to Taco Bell, Chipotle, uh, you know, just uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, McDonald's, uh, McDonald's, um, Riva's, just all sorts of you know, and doing deliveries, and uh, for those three days. And the, the pay is not great, but um, what, it's, what the value of it is, is it's getting me out of the house and getting me to do something. But um, I mentioned that I did it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I took Friday off because uh, I hadn't intellectually realized that it is not a sedentary job that I'm used to. I've spent most of my professional life sitting at a desk. Uh, it' Not in an active job. Now, when, as you mentioned in a, a take one of this thing, we started off together, um, you know, in a job that requires a lot of standing, a lot of moving. Yes. But those were... Many years ago. Many years ago. And then with the, the DoorDash thing, it's, all, it's always movement, you know, even if it's just driving, but there, it's always, always, always movement. And my poor body just was going, okay, you're an idiot. Well,
1: and as you learned from your road trip, that two weeks that you drove cross-country, driving in itself is a tiring proposition. There's a lot of mental and physical stress, you know, involving working through traffic and stuff. And Carson City doesn't have tons of traffic based on bigger cities, but it's still, you got to keep an eye out and you have to always be alert.
0: And the nice thing about Carson City, though, or the service area, because uh, the service area includes... For those familiar with the area, Johnson Lane to the south and Dayton to the east, and uh, no, I'm not going to do a Dayton delivery, but <laughs> but uh, it wouldn't be worth it. Uh, but it is relatively small. Everything is relatively within 10, 15 minutes of each other, and so even uh, going from like Chipotle to the Carson River, which was one of my deliveries, uh, you know, the actual travel time may sound like a lot, but it really is not It's really it's a it's a fairly quick drive. <clears throat> the really the slowdown is the restaurants themselves because what they're supposed to do is they're they're supposed to have the food ready when you get there and one particular restaurant which I'll remain nameless never does and so when you're when you're a Door Dasher you're losing money and it's really aggravating. But uh, one thing that I also did learn about the food service industry, one thing I did learn about the food service industry, and everything has hierarchies in in society and culture. Um, Everything, you know, it's like, for example, if when, uh, for, for doctors, I've heard that internal medicine, you know, general practitioners are towards the low end of the scale. I've heard that more than once. Whereas folks that mess around in your brain, you know, literally touch your brain, like your uh, cousin, like my cousin, are at the other end of the scale. Now, I'm not going to get into whether or not that's true, but when you're especially when you talk about something that's so important as medicine, but in the food service industry, uh, from the reception that I received in some stores, especially one, it's clear that delivery drivers are the low rung, lower echelon, the lower echelon. And I can see that, but I don't have to like it, but I can see it because right. these are folks that are working, you know, front line. Um, in in hot circum in a, you know hot kitchens hot restaurants with um, you know, sometimes not the friendliest folks, and so this dude just comes in and says DoorDash, and then he takes the stuff and runs and it's like man, you know it's like they have as you said earlier they quote unquote have real jobs, and so it was, it was an interesting eye opener.
1: Well, it's not that the dashers are not employed in a real job, but there is a difference between. Being an independent contractor, and we've seen how freelancers in various career fields are treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have a real following, you're just kind of like, "Oh, you're dabbling in that, right?" Yeah. It's like you're not really working, but you actually are.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was just is it's just fascinating, and uh, um, I and then I'm gonna go to put put a plug in for my fellow DoorDashers is uh, folks, if when you order from DoorDash, please tip, and of course the bigger if, the bigger the tip, the better.
1: If you can, if we you do can. recognize there are some circumstances yep. where you're ordering from McDonald's. Yep. You don't have a lot of disposable cash, and that's understandable.
0: And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But if you do, um, if you do have the ability, please tip because that's where the majority of the money comes from. Because DoorDash pays like two or three bucks a bucks a delivery, and you know, and sometimes that's all that the dashers get. Uh, so if you can tip, please tip generously because, uh, you know, the folk, some of these folks out here are just you're driving cars that are on their last legs and they need the money. And but, gas But uh, to too. your example is, is one of the dashes that I did was from the North McDonald's out to uh, Woodside Drive, which is a heck of a drive. And it, I made $2.37 from it. But it was clearly a mother who had just delivered, you know, was just delivering, delivered a baby and was a stay-at-home mother. And she was just tired. And it's like, you know what? Don't worry about, you know, don't worry about the tips right. or nothing like that. But you, like you said, there's some reality. There's some real right. folks out there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but well, otherwise, if you're going to, have, if you're going to, have, especially the, the longer that your DoorDasher drives, yes, the bigger the tip should be. But
1: uh, Well, and it also probably depends on where you live. If you're in a bigger city, I'm sure there's probably oh, yeah. a smaller neighborhood that the Dasher would cover because it wouldn't make sense to go for example in new york go from one borough to another yeah in carson city you know it's all pretty much one location
0: yeah and it's nice because like for example i did one door dash which was arby's on south carson to literally almost across the street right. to uh, to an office near Reds. Yes, and of course these are things that only Carson, Carsonites will understand. So that was like my shortest one, and my longest one was for like from Chipotle out to the Carson River. Right, and that person did uh, tip generously, so that they had their brain on for that. So I appreciate that.
1: Well, and that's an upper level neighborhood too. Yeah. There are people if yeah. you live out there, you have a little bit more money.
0: And hopefully they have a realistic idea of what it takes because, you know, when we're possibly, yeah, when we're uh, doing the delivery, we're not available to do other dashes. So we know that that's our money. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, that's my plug for DoorDash, but it's actually my plug for all delivery services. Gig
1: workers, basically, um, yeah. Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Grubhub, any of those.
0: Yeah. You know, t- tip generously if you can, if yes, you can.
1: If you can. Okay. Uh, so on that subject. Yes. Yes. Doing DoorDash, dashing around the city, do you think that uh, your experiences in this will ever filter into your writing?
0: Yeah, I could actually see that because there, it, you know, it's it's both it's both a very simple task, obviously, pick up the food, drive to the address, drop it off, but it, there's always the people thing. There's always that people interaction, that people uh, aspect. Now, Most of the times, you know, the, the instruction is is just to drop you know, drop the food on the door, a doorstep. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I take a picture and, you know, I move right. on to the next one. But there's always people. And what I've gotten, you know, mostly so far is the kindness of people. That's in this. So I mentioned, of course, uh, the delivery out to the Carson River. And that guy was pretty cool. He came out, shook my head, and said thank you and all that stuff. So that was pretty good. And then there was this one guy, which I never saw. And he's actually, you know, he's a block east of where we live in mm. the apartments. Uh, not immediately these apartments, but the ones that are over right. um, on the other side of Carson Meadows. Right. And uh, I never saw him. But he, uh, you know, I, he uh, he sent me a text, you know, that says, hey, thank you for dropping down. So you guys are, re- are wonderful. I really appreciate you. And he tipped out generously. And it's just, I just I just sort of went, oh. Well,
1: and you never know what's going on in that person's life. It may be somebody who's disabled and can't yeah. get out of the house. And that's why they, they don't expect to come to the door to greet you. Because, right. you know, it would take them a while to get there maybe. But yeah. um, I'm thinking also about some of the people on... We have a ring, and we get a lot of ring alerts, like those neighborhood alerts. And if a dasher happens to maybe deliver to the wrong address, yeah, you know, you might see one of those ring alerts. It's like, oh, this person showed up at my front door, and it was like, oh my gosh, it was so scary. And yeah, you are an intimidating person to some because you're six five, and you know, you are male and
0: yeah. and very good looking
1: and very good looking. Yes. I agree yep. but I'm thinking of you know the different nuances that can factor into one of these deliveries it's yeah. like you're at an apartment complex and you go to A instead of B Yeah and you know they have a ring and somebody like it's an elderly woman in there and she freaks out and you know it starts this whole chain of events yeah. So I mean, I could easily see how this could factor into a very dramatic story.
0: Oh yeah. It's it yeah, there's some stuff there that I've got you know germinating in the back, but obviously not the current works in progress. or to right. towards. But um uh, but I do wanna repeat myself that uh it's one of the benefits of this job and it really shouldn't be, but it it should be something that's mainline, but to, to get kindness from customers. From yeah, customers and kindness from the places where pick up from like the very nice lady at one of the Chinese restaurants that's over on um, Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a very nice lady. And, you know, that kind of kindness is just versus the other uh, Chinese restaurant that's on Telegraph where the the people there, no time for me. <laughs> but, well, and then there's the,
1: the Chinese restaurant that we used to go to with the, oh, the yeah. joke that we went there for the smiles. And it that, I think, in some extent is a cu- cultural thing, is that we expect a certain... Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw some of this in France, too that we're, oh yes france yes, that france. one restaurant
0: yeah that one restaurant whereas oh, we're, what we are is we're, we're, we're we're we are used to when we encounter the service industry you know that people appreciate us because we are there to spend money but we went into one restaurant <laughs> that was so stereotypical france
1: <laughs> well and i think the problem was that we were being a little bit of a stereotypical american because yeah. we didn't understand the culture well enough yeah and we were waiting for the check because we had finished being Americans were quick and they like to linger over their meals so yeah. one of our party went in search of the check and oh boy yeah. the server was not happy and-, and yeah because that
0: that's that kind of indicates that we're not happy with the service but in our in our defense it was our second day in france we were exhausted we were exhausted and we had just walked literally from our hotel to notre dame yes and we were tired and hot and we just wanted to keep moving. but that's um, you, you got to adapt to the culture that you go to, right. even, even locally. Um, I do want one more thing I, want, I do want to talk about just very briefly. and I don't um, I, I, and I, do, I realize now that I, you know I, I cast one of those Chinese restaurants in the light. I ca- probably caught this person in a bad moment. I do want to say that the two Chinese restaurants that are over uh, on uh, East Telegraph, that's off Carson right there on the corner, and if you go around the corner to the old bus station, <laughs> um, both of those restaurants are just wonderful. They've invested a lot of work in the place. And the food, you go in there and it's like, oh, my oh, it God, smells it smells so amazing. Ugly. And I have to ride around with this food and I can't eat it for obvious oh, reasons. Yes. But for not obvious reasons, being a diabetic, I can't eat a lot of the food that's on the menu. On the menu that's menu. At a, a Chinese restaurant. So I do want to give uh, credit where credit is due. As Either of those places, and one of them is a sushi place too. If you go to any of those pla- no, they're both sushi places. If you go to either of those places, they're absolutely wonderful. And I, I really uh, endorse them.
1: Yes. And I don't know if you mentioned in this go-round the bus station, bus station. restaurant yeah. Uh the, bus, the one that's story. on uh,
0: Plaza. It's actually on Plaza and Telegraph. Yes. But it's on East Telegraph. It's actually on Plaza and Telegraph. That building there, which is um, salmon color, orange colored. It's
1: a kind of a golden yellow, I think. It's yeah. a very vibrant, you cannot miss it. Yeah
0: um when i joined the air force years ago that was the greyhound bus station yes and, uh, i distinctly remember leaving that building and walking onto the bus uh and then and so that ghost of that moment is when i walked through the not through the same door but i w- felt the ghost of that moment as i was leaving the building to go to my car to uh, deliver the food it was, it's just a very surreal uh time is a circle thing
1: and that could factor into um i Recently, re listened to our locations podcast from last weekend. That idea that a location has memories. Yes. Like it, what it is now may not. Be what it always was yeah. so uh that can also factor into your writing can,
0: can you imagine going back to pat lane and going into your grandparents house or me going to bond rayway yes. and going into my grandparents house you know decades after we have left there for the last time and imagining feeling the ghosts just walking through us as we went through there
1: well and i i know we did go past your grandparents house once and it was rather sad because that has turned into a kind of a fraternity row and some of the houses weren't being kept up as yeah. well as they could be i occasionally drive by my grandparents house because we live in the same city and it looks very similar because my grandfather did put in a bay window the bay window is still there it's painted a different color but i wonder if the room that they added on in the back for the billiard table is still there and things like that so there are things that i i've seen the exterior but like you said we haven't been back inside and that would be a very different experience
0: it would be be because you could just feel the ghosts and everything it's like you know ghosts of people that are that are missed and that are long gone, um, and uh, yeah, that's just, okay. Um, I <laughs> we think, went off I on a we, tangent there. I think we went off tangent there. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about our works in progress. We actually worked. worked on our works in progress, and so go for it.
1: Well, yesterday I dove back in. I took a few days off during the week because it's difficult for me to actually wind down from the day job to switch gears to writing. But yesterday, I think I have put in a very productive probably four-ish hours. I've been working on, um, I asked you after having read my first draft, some of the things that you suggested just to refresh my memory. And I'm weaving those into the story. And I really, I'm at the point right now where I'm feeling very positive about how it's going. So I'm eager to actually get back to it again and um, add a few more of those. I think it's really Like you were talking about tightening up your story time wise, but I'm thinking tightening it up uh, subject wise and maybe whittling down some of the characters, changing what I had certain characters doing to different characters so that I don't have quite so many of them Mm -hmm. and making it a tighter sphere.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's interesting on schools of thoughts here because uh, Cormac, oh my gosh.
1: Cormac McCarthy?
0: You know, he just passed away this last week. You know, he's an icon a wordsmith of the ninth degree and just reading, you know, just paragraphs, you know, after he passed away was just very tiring. And I, I couldn't write like that, you know, because I it's like, very I like tight. I like to move things. Whereas Cormac, just from reading those excerpts, was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful illustrative, uh, descriptive kind of writer, which I couldn't do. But, um, and so you mentioned tightening it up right, and, uh, you know, I find value in that because I, I want to, be- I want to give some people something that uh, you know that 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 moves.
1: Well, and that we've talked about this in previous podcasts too, that the reading reading audience has changed over time. The people who read Tolkien or we mentioned Mishner with Chesapeake Bay,, yeah. that type of there it's very um, very detailed, very dense. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of large paragraphs. And modern writer or modern readers, excuse me, have so much going on in the world, there are so many different distractions, that it's easier for them to get through something that flows a little more quickly. Yeah. So I think we're adapting to that modern, I tend to be more Irish maybe, where I like to, bring you on a journey. Let me tell you about us. We're We're meandering down that little road under the trees toward Blarney Castle, you know, but it's like you're on the bus, we're going to Bar- Blarney Castle, you yeah. know, but I'm like, oh, look at the tree. There's a the flower.
0: As it slaps against the upper level of the bus because of the heavy rain has pulled the leaves down into the way. And the, 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 the tree is bidding us a good farewell as we drive away from Blarney Bar- Castle, that kind so, of thing. So, yes,
1: though. you see my point, though, because I have that very irish background i think it's in it's in me blood it's in your blood but <laughs> and, it's but, but you, t- you know
0: it's funny that you talk about the evolution or maybe even the de-evolution of the reader because i used to read books that and i'm holding up my fingers here like two three th- two three thick fingers to two three inches thick like chesapeake but, or you know, shogun um yeah shogun yep. um uh truman mm-hmm. i read truman many years ago uh and you know these just these books that we Dense. that people would call door you know door door stops yes but I used to read those vol- voluntarily oh yeah yeah I used to read them voluntarily whereas 90% of our you know age group back then reading a book ew, you know it's like yeah but, but, read... but nowadays I don't know if I could sit down and read a Chesapeake kind of book or you know I've been I've been thinking about you know Ulysses which is oh yes Ulysses by um, James Joyce. James Joyce, you know you're your drinking buddy.
1: Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Was but it? Uh,
0: you know, and the funny thing is, is Ulysses is one of those two, three inch books that, and it yes. all happens in one day. But still, yeah. you know, to do something like that is just I, is is a struggle for me. But I've always wanted to read Ulysses for some reason, but I don't know if I have the patience for it anymore. Whereas before, problem man, um, you know Lincoln by old what's his face. Um, you know, it's like uh, Vidal.
1: Oh, Gore Vidal?
0: Yeah, you know, that wasn't a big deal back then. You know, I just took uh, up and sat down.
1: Was it Ron Chernow that wrote about Alexander Hamilton?
0: Yeah, I didn't read that. Or, know, Trina um, probably read that. Trina read that.
1: Yes, or uh, what is it? Um, the, is it? I'm not sure if it's the autobiography or the biography of Mark Twain. That it's like two volumes. Oh yeah, the one that yeah <laughs> that the, we the, have the, that, the that, one that we have downstairs. We've never cracked open. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah,
0: but you know those days of sitting down and reading thick books, as you mentioned. Yes. Um, we I have just, so
1: many distractions now, so many,
0: and and you know gotten older too. But yes. maybe, uh, maybe in a way, maybe as I get maybe a little bit. Old, excuse me. I'm sorry, folks. Maybe get back to other get older. Maybe the pendulum will swing back the other way, and maybe I will get back to reading like that.
1: Well, in case, one of the things that tends to be a distraction is following current events on social media, yeah. and i find myself backing away from that. I don't know if you have, but it's, there are so many distressing things going on in the world that sometimes I do feel the need, need to step back and go into something comforting and fictional where I know that you know it may come out all right in the end, and then I can focus on the denser stuff because I'm really trying to distract myself from something else.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Okay, um, and I'm going to talk about my work in progress time. Yes. Talk about my work in progress time. I'm doing much of what you're doing. Uh, I actually have two works in progress. I have the Space Epic and then I have the Nevada Story. So I have, I'm going to stop calling it Space Epic because I'm making it sound like it's something bigger than it really is. I'll just call it the Space Story and, and the Nevada Story. And I've been working mostly on the Nevada Story and tightening it up. Yes. Uh, for example, I had a uh, story start out happening over a 10-year span. I've shrunk it down now to a greater amount of time to add a little more tension, a little more urgency to it. And I'm still wondering how I'm going to end that story, because that would be really nice to know how the story ends. But... Um, and then the, on the uh, space epic, I had a breakthrough thought this uh, during this week that uh, makes me actually want to abandon the Nevada story. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, carry on through. Because if I keep doing this, if I keep bouncing back and forth, I'm never going to finish either of them. But uh, if I do what I want to do with the space story, I'm basically going to be starting over 130,000 words <laughs> and starting over uh, basically from scratch, fortunately. Most of the story is written, so I can, not, maybe not copy and paste, but at least I can, I can have, I have plots already uh, set out. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, um, there's a couple of things going on in my brain, but, uh, and then of course there's the part-time job, which I'm going to keep going because I just, you know, I feel that there's value in that. And there's also the little bit of money too. It's not a lot of money. Oh God, dear God, it's not money, but at least it's something. And you know, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something.
1: Well, you are doing something. You're doing a lot of things, and that's uh, perception. Especially people like us, we feel like we've always worked in some way out in some kind of industry um, you know, to earn a paycheck, and I'm guessing retirement is a very different creature yeah. for you. You're right. still getting money. You're yeah. residually getting money that you earned from working your day job. So you are still... Still a productive member of society, maybe even though you don't sometimes act like you feel yeah. that way.
0: Well, that's the benefit of having the part-time job, and I want to talk about that because that's the, we're getting to the end of this podcast, and we usually have a subject, but uh, I and I'm, I'm gonna I have a mini a mini one, uh, and then, uh and that being is is I didn't feel this energized on working on the two books that I'm working on. Until I started doing the DoorDash thing, and yeah. I'll be blunt, uh, not you know, I mentioned this last weekend actually mm-hmm. um, to you uh, offline is that uh, I was having pretty much a, a crisis because I, I I just didn't care, you know, I didn't care about writing. I just sort of was, you know, know flog- What's the word? I'm, what's the word I'm looking around? I'm just sort of lying along, you know. Just you're uh,
1: drifting, drifting. You're, you know. you're adrift.
0: Yeah, I'm adrift because you know I'm I'm not really. I'm not really as much in love with these books as I used to be. I'm adrift. I'm looking, and I'm just wondering what to do. So I, I do the DoorDash thing. And so I got a, you know, a surge of energy. And now when I'm not thinking about, when I'm out on the road waiting to be, uh, waiting for that ding, ding, ding on my phone, because <laughs> that's where it really happens, um, I'm thinking about the story. So I'm energized. And I'm saying, you know, now I, now I have reduced time to work on my books. So I better take advantage of that. And that's, and then after I got to thinking about it for a while, that's actually my writing mode. I write when I can. Having too much time to write may be part of the problem because then it's sort of like, well, I guess I could do this, I guess I could do that. But with the shrinked down period of time in the day, it, it, it makes a difference. So I'm going to, what I'm going to test, and I know that sounds weird, but as you said, I've worked all my life, you've worked yes. all my life. And now actually having work and, um, you know, less opportunity to write. I want to write. Whereas before I had all the opportunity to write and it's sort of like.
1: Well, I'm also getting the sense that this is giving you a feeling of purpose where you didn't feel like you had a purpose just being a stay-at-home retiree. Yeah. And that, you know, back when I was a stay-at-home mom, writing was my purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think we have a little bit of a different mindset about um, approaching writing because I am better at it when I don't have a lot of those outside distractions.
0: Mm. But I I think I'm I'm better at it when I do have, you know, uh, when I don't have so much time on my hands. So so, uh, my, my Tentative plan is, and again, I got to say that this, you know, I'm coming up only on my second week of doing this. My tentative plan is to is to dash in the morning and write in the afternoon, because then, you know, because I'll be thinking, "Oh God, I'm, I'm so done." I tried the dashing in the afternoon, and man, that just did not work out.
1: And we're going into the hottest part of the year, so you're not going to want to be out driving around in the heat. That's the other thing. You might switch that in the winter, because if you do continue to do it and we have snowy days or something. The roads will be better in the afternoon. Yeah. So, so in you know December, you might consider doing DoorDash from noon to three or right. noon to four. Whereas in the summer, it's much better to do it first thing. Yeah,
0: that's 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 very insightful and very right, because there is no way that I'm going to want to get up at 7 o'clock and go out and defrost the car just to deliver food. No. That's, that's probably no. not going to happen.
1: But that gives you a little flexibility, too, because it's not like, oh, I know I have to be in the office from 8 to 5 Monday through Friday. This yeah. is, like you said, you worked three days, and then on Friday you were done. Yeah. So that's the nice thing is that, if you have a day where you feel like oh i just want to write all day yep you can take the day off and write all day
0: yep and uh, so I'm, I'm curious how other folks that are in similar situations well let me let me put this put this this way um were you working and writing and then you had the upper all the opportunity that were in the world to just do writing and did something feel really off kilter about that? Did something feel really weird about that? Because I'm looking at CC and I'm betting that this is going to happen to you too. When you retire, when you're going to have that entire day open, and it'll be, you know, you'll be thinking that, you know, I know you're shaking your head at me. I know you're shaking your head at me, but um, you have worked uh, probably longer in your life than I have. And, uh, you know, so I'm mean, just interesting uh, to see what will happen in three, you know, in three years when you retire. What, what will be your... Uh, what will be your day like? So I'm so I'm interested from other people's point of views, right, too. Yes. I'm interested in other people's point of views on this subject. Those that have all the opportunity in the world to write, what is your day structured like?
1: Well, and that is something I've also mentioned, looking at well-known writers and their writing schedule. And uh, I'm trying to remember the author. I can't think of her name right now. Ursula Le maybe? Le Guin mm-hmm. um, was someone like that the get up have a leisurely breakfast write for three or four hours and then the rest of the day you just kind of do whatever so it's not like most writers i don't think actually sit and write for eight hours straight that's just not the writing process you need to do other things to like you said it energizes your mental processes so
0: and we should also point out that writing is just not writing because that's what we're doing right now Is i'm editing yes and you're are you writing are you editing
1: It's a mixture. I'm rewriting.
0: And then there's so much more to the writing thing, of course, the business of writing. But, uh, you know, so that cuts into that time. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes on. And honestly, you know, I may just do DoorDash for another month and just say, hey, it's not worth it or something like that. But for now, uh, having that motion, and again, my body saying, wow, after working a sedentary, you know, having a sedentary career of looking at Excel spreadsheets for hours on end versus you know, the, the constant movement of being a delivery driver is, you know, sort of the yin and yang when it comes to physicality.
1: Well, the time period when you worked in admissions at the college, though, didn't you get up and move around a little bit at that job? Oh, yeah, job, there was or... the counter work, but yeah. there was also,
0: you know, basically you sat down and processed the application. But...
1: Right. Okay. I'm just, that was just an off-the-wall thought. Yeah,
0: you know, this has been an off, off-the-wall kind of uh, podcast anyway, but... So well,
1: that's our podcast title off the wall yeah, or no off kidding. the cuff.
0: Yeah, we probably should have named it coffee talk. Coffee talk. <laughs> coffee, talk. talk. coffee talk. Where's your coffee?
1: It's here. Oh,
0: it's here. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to chat about? You know.
1: No, I think we blathered all over the place already. Yeah, we We kind of went all over the place.
0: Uh, I am happy to announce that Cece has discovered paper, and is actually when the last time she we met, she said she was gonna. We had a couple of podcasts idea. I said, and what did I say?
1: Write it down.
0: And so the next, you know, next few days, I asked you, do you remember what we were gonna podcast about? No. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't write it down. So I am keeping a pencil and paper. And as you pointed out, I can use the notes app on my phone. However, I do like occasionally writing things out in longhand in cursive. (gasps) I like the, I don't know, the brain to hand connection. And I do that sometimes with some of my drafts, I'll write little notes about what I'm working on and write out outlines. And that's a, you know, we have very different processes, I think.
0: Okay, so what, what I was leading to is next week we might actually be talking about what we're going to talk about in advance, which is really, really weird for us.
1: Well, either next week or the week after, I'm sure... You want to talk about something in particular? Yes. I'm guessing the week after because it will be after the fact. But yes, uh,
0: um, our uh, July 4th uh, broadcast, which actually will be on July 2nd. Yes. Uh, we'll be talking about Cece's adventure in Las Vegas. Yes. Ooh.
1: the The birthday, the girls' birthday trip that yes. taking with eldest.
0: Yes, and uh, we're going to go ahead and do a little uh, tease here by saying two words. Go ahead and say them, dear.
1: Magic Mike. <laughs> <sighs> uh. yes and to put this in context it is a girl's birthday trip it is myself and our oldest and we are both celebrating Milestone's birthdays this year I will be 60 she will be 40 yeah. and there will be tiaras and sashes and magic mic and we'll let you know more about how that happens after the fact
0: Yes, and I could have to tell you that Cece is very excited about this. Maybe excited isn't the perfect word, but, you yeah, she's a volunteer.
1: At my age, <laughs> looking at the performers is a little, you know, they all, as you pointed out, could be my grandkids at this well, point. <laughs> I'm also going
0: to point out that the chances are you are not even going to be closest to the oldest person in the room.
1: Oh, probably not. Yeah. No, but this will be an adventure. So we we have plans. We're just doing three, well, probably two full days in Vegas. But uh, and everybody knows that uh, even though the the uh, tourism tagline was "What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas," that's not true.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um. So that's our tease for uh, two. Probably
1: week after next.
0: Week after next. So and uh. I can tell you, I know I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>
1: Someday you will do something and I will be equally Okay, amused. Okay, so
0: uh, at my next milestone birthday, which is in three years. Okay. Yeah, my next milestone birthday. would you? Should I go to a gentleman's club and enjoy it, you know, in the way that you enjoy it? No, 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 no. Because you didn't ask for my permission because we don't have that kind of relationship. You just got signed up for it. You volunteered for it and you went.
1: I agreed. I didn't.
0: You you okay? It's
1: it's yeah. Okay,
0: so my next milestone, my next milestone birthday. Now I don't know anybody I would actually go to. So if would would I uh, would I be okay? Would you be okay with me going to a gentleman's club? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, we know that language. We know that uh, monologue we, or that monosyllable answer means no chance in hell. <laughs>
1: well, like you said, I don't know who you'd go with and I can't see you going by yourself. Yeah. But, so uh,
0: All during this time while CeCe is saying, sure, she's shaking her head no.
1: So, <laughs> honestly, you know, I would never have done this of my own volition. It yeah. is something that I am doing for our child. And
0: But, uh, you know, our, our son-in-law shares my birthday. That is true. Shares my birthday. In the three years, I don't remember how old he will be, but I don't even know how old he is now. But uh,
1: He is 36. He'll be 36 this year, I believe.
0: Okay, so he'll be close to a milestone birthday. Yes. So so I called my son-in-law and say, hey, close to your milestone birthday. How about we go check out the John Wins Club? And I know that our daughter, his wife, would be okay with it.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. She'd probably go along.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting swap here, but I'm not going to go... But for... on
1: that subject, okay, now that you bring it up, does it bother you?
0: It would bother me. I don't think... No, I no, do... no, no, no. I mean, what? No. Does that me going no, bother no, it you? it doesn't bother me. I, I think that... I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that the two of you have a great amount of fun. And uh,
1: and you yeah. know I will be horribly embarrassed by the whole horribly situation. Horribly embarrassed,
0: but you will also have writing material.
1: That is true. I will.
0: That it might even be writing material that will affect your current work in progress. Something to mull about. That is true. Okay, uh, I think that we've embarrassed CC enough here, and uh, oh,
1: we'll have more to come.
0: Yeah, we'll have more to come. Okay, <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> so you can check us out on the website at www.carsonhume.com. We are on the World Wide Web. We are all over the World Wide Web. You can find us on the Information Superhighway, not only at our website, but on uh, the social media and any other and, uh, Amazon and Goodreads and things like that. So give us a check us out, you know. Uh, please check us out because, you know, we're so lonely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know who knows someday maybe somebody will pick up on something somebody with influence will pick up on something and share it
0: yeah that would be so nice because it would nice to be it would like it would be nice to be an overnight success after 10 years of doing this (laughs)
1: excuse me i've been doing it for 40 yeah yeah (laughs) anyway overnight success drug out drug out
0: okay uh but until next week we hope that you do have a wonderful week that you take care of each other and take care of yourselves and you have a a wonderful, wonderful week. Sitting across the table for me is Cece.
1: And across from me is JT.
0: And y'all take care of yourself now, you hear?